Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. Second hour already. No better way to start it off. Let's run down to Port O'Connor and let's check in with Captain Lynn Smith. See what he's up to this morning. Lynn, good morning. How you doing, man? Good morning. Good to hear What's you up? back, Mick. I'm back, baby. Back in the saddle. Oh, all right. Good to hear you back. Yeah, it's been uh, been a good week. It's uh, this last week. Boy, we've had those the good wins and and everything worked out just right. I've done the best of both worlds, you know. I fished one day in the bay and and uh, waded and and threw top waters and and uh, caught some nice fish. Good. Caught a lot of caught a lot of fish that were. Uh, you know, 16, 16, seven, eight, that type of deal. And, uh, that are now keepers are now know. keepers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but we've had a good week. Uh, like everybody else, we got in the surf and, uh, you know, we did real well in the surf, hammered them and a real nice awesome. trout. Yeah. And, uh, and some reds too. So, uh, and then I was on my way back in, um, by 10 o'clock we were done and uh saw a lot of tarpon in the surf there's a lot of them out there this year yeah they've been uh man port o'connor's been hot for tarpon here the last few weeks oh. they've been doing pretty good from what i hear oh yeah yeah so i i saw a lot of them and uh even coming in through the pass uh those tarpon were up on the bar up there pretty good sized tarpon and uh yeah, you know, I normally don't even stop because I normally don't carry tackle strong enough to even handle one of them. But uh, right. mainly fishing for trout. But I, I remember one year I was coming back in the surf and I I had gone uh, I had gone north in the uh, in the surf and I came back around that north jetty and uh, like just I turned the corner around that jetty uh, there was a school of tarpon rolling right along the rocks and. Uh, my customer said, man, what is that? I said, tarpon. We just kept going. <laughs> we didn't <even laughs> slow down, you know. <laughs> but because uh, we had a box full of trout anyway, we were, we were done. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's been a pretty week. It's been real nice. Yeah, well, the, it has. The surf looked beautiful. It did. Did you have a chance to get out any? No, I, I didn't go this past week. I was kind of recovering, man. I, uh. I got pretty sick for about three or four days. That's what you said. Well, it was it's the fever that just, you know, it takes it out of you. 
And oh uh, yeah, you know you got to just really drink a lot of fluids and stay hydrated. I can only imagine if you dehydrate while you had that stuff, man. It put oh, you man. on the ground, brother. But I've been real lucky, knock on wood. You know, I didn't, I didn't get it or anything. But um, don't get it. Much. My best advice: don't get it. Don't get <laughs> it. It ain't yeah. no fun, man. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No, anyway. Well, I don't know if you mentioned on the air about uh, Ron Elkins, but uh, no, I, I haven't had the chance. I, I was off, you know, while that when that occurred. Right. But that just that what a heartbreaker. Did you ever find out what happened? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he had a massive heart attack. Oh and, uh, no! Yeah, Ron called me. He called me about well a week or less uh, before this happened, and we talked for about an hour. And he was telling me, you know, about his physical condition and everything. And the deal was, remember back at the fishing show several years ago when he had that attack outside the outside the George R. Brown. Right. And, and uh, I mean, how lucky was he loved to uh, lucky was he to be alive then? Because uh, I know Cindy Cindy jumped down there and started giving him CPR. And um, uh, one of the guys ran by my booth and said, Hey, uh, your buddy Ron Elkins is, is out here. I think he's had a heart attack. Well, I, I jumped out and I ran outside. Well, we were standing there over him. Cindy was giving him CPR. And all of a sudden, um, this young guy that worked for Shimano ran up there and he said, let me take over. Well, he took over and Ron was turning blue. He wasn't, he wasn't breathing. Oh, that's terrible. And, um, uh, but that young man was Shimano started giving him CPR and brought him back. And I mean, how lucky was he, was he there? Because, uh, come to find out that young man was, uh, a medic with special forces. And, um, I mean, he, he knew CPR, <laughs> I mean, really good. Right. But anyway, Ron, because of the attack and everything, they went in and, and replaced a valve in his heart. Well, he's been fighting a, a bug or a virus, you might say for, over the last couple of years, he's in and out of the hospital. And uh, when he called the other day, I said, well, did they ever figure out what was wrong with it? He said, oh, yeah, they figured out. He said, I'm like one of five people that's ever had this happen, but it was a, a bug that attached itself to uh, organs that had been replaced. And in oh, his Lord. case, it attached to that pig valve in his heart. Oh man! So he, he he had it set up to go in and and they were going to replace the pig valve, but uh, but anyway he was he was out working in a garden uh, along a bulkhead and um, he fell in the water. Well, at, at first everybody thought he drowned, and uh, but they they did an autopsy and uh, it was a massive heart attack. He was dead before he hit the water. So, Man. you know, he, he didn't suffer. Well, he know. went quick, and he was right he, there on the water, what he loved, you know, all his whole life. I mean, that's... That's right. That's right. You can die a lot so, worse. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I told you. And that's, you know, and I heard all the old-timers, they used to say, hey, give me a good old heart attack any day, you know, because they don't, <laughs> they don't end up in my home suffering and hospice no. coming in and all. That's just no way to go, man. No, it really is. No, my, Especially for a man dad. like Ron, you know, he was, he was a proud oh. man. And, uh, 
we all look at that and go, man, I just hope I don't end up like that and end up, you know, somebody having to take care of you and just, you know, it's, that's just a pitiful way to go. Nobody wants that. No, nobody nobody. wants that. I had to, uh, I had, my dad was in assisted living and he, for about a month and, um, he, he fell and, and cracked his, his hip. Mm. Well, he, um, the, the, he was in the hospital for about a week or so, and this doctor told me, he said, well, he said, we've done all we can for him, and he's on an IV. We take this IV out, he's going to die. And I said, well, you, you've done what you all you can do. Sure. And I said, yeah, you'll have to put him in a nursing home. I said, oh, my goodness. I knew good and well he didn't want to be in a nursing home. No. And I, and I checked him into this nursing home, and uh, that, that afternoon – about five in the afternoon and uh, 10 o'clock that night, they called me and told me he'd passed away. So he oh. never had to spend a night in a nursing home. Good you know? for him. He didn't even know he was in there. Right. But, you know, he was an outdoorsman and, uh, you know, he loved the outdoors and all that. You know, yeah. You've been active me. all your life and everything. That's no, that's no way to go. I did, that's what killed no. me about watching my dad wither away. Yeah, you know he was just always so outgoing and outdoorsy and active, and uh, a UTI took him down. I mean, I'm oh, taking no. care of him. I, I made him move in with me after he'd had his yeah. uh, gallbladder replaced, you know, taken out and went through all that. I said, "Hey, man, you need to just move home with me." He rehabbed yeah. for a couple of weeks up there, and uh, he said, "No, nah, I'm." <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. I said, yeah, you are. The doctor told me you can't leave the hospital unless you go home with me. I lied to him. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he lived with me a couple of years, and uh, finally a UTI took him down, and the doctor made yeah. me put him in a nursing home, and that, that wasn't for him. No, no. I uh, You know, that's the end of the road, mother, man. I got, I was, uh, you know, I was living in Houston, and, and uh, my parents were in Port Arthur, and, uh, I got the call one night. My dad told me that uh, both he and my mother were in the hospital with pneumonia, and Good they Lord. said uh, they said they don't think the mother's going to live, you know, through the night. Well, I burned Interstate 10 up, you know, headed right. to Port Arthur. And um, anyway, that was right at Christmas time, and mm. uh, she passed away. And when uh, she did same thing, my dad just he didn't want to live by himself. You know, he'd been married to my mother for so long, right? And, uh, so I moved him in with me, and uh, I kept him with me for 12 years. Until That's he, pretty uh, awesome, he 12 years. Yeah, yeah, 12 years. And uh, I even took him to Colorado. <laughs> this company I used to work for in Denver called me and, and uh, wanted me to come back, and I said, no, don't do not do this to me, man. I, I just built a house and everything out of great wood. And uh, he and this guy said, "No, we're gonna make you an offer you can't refuse." Well, they they called that night and uh, and did. And I said, "Oh my goodness!" I said, "I hate to leave here." And my dad told me, he said, "You know, you always love Denver." And uh, I said, "Well, yeah, I, I really do. I like living up there." He said, "Well, uh, don't let this house hold you back." <laughs> he was that way, you know. Right, and so I moved him up there with me. We had a good time, but but in at his age, it was too cold. He couldn't right. he couldn't take the cold weather, and so right. uh, 
another company, an old company I worked for in Houston, moved me back. But uh, anyway, he was a he was a good old man. He he was eighty nine when he died. So I've got those good genes. His mother lacked about three months of being a hundred when she passed away. See, my grandmother, my dad's mother, made it to what was ninety six, and my dad made it to ninety three. Oh man, you'll so maybe I got well. a couple more years down the road. I don't know. I've I, I hadn't taken care of myself like they have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think back what they saw in their life. Those miles they, add I, up, buddy. <laughs> oh man, I, my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, came to Texas in a covered wagon. That hey, know. that's how my grandparents came from uh, Roswell, New Mexico, to uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. They came in covered wagons. Hey. When wagon train came on and you were at my grandparents' house, you better shut up and calm down because my grandmother and grandfather were going to watch wagon train. They loved oh, that show. Well, they lived yeah. it, you know. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. It they brought got, back they a lot got of to Texas on. just in time for the Depression back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. But, boy, they <laughs> they uh, they sure saw a lot in their lifetime, I'll guarantee Boy, they, hey, you talk about a hard life. People nowadays, it, it'd kill them to have to live like that and go through things oh. like that. They oh, could, that's they true. Couldn't, couldn't handle it. Not going to happen. No. No. No, they, there's no way. They just don't realize how good they have it now, you know. These young boys, young boys getting out of school, they just don't realize how good they have it. No, but, they really don't. <laughs> yeah, we do. We lived it. We lived it, but uh, but anyway, old Captain Ron, uh, they're gonna God have a rest memorial. So he was a good guy, man. Yeah, yeah, he was, and uh, I, I did a lot of hunting and fishing with him, and uh, we we really had a good time together. Yes, I uh, I I was down there on the ranch at uh, George West, and, and uh, we were harvesting some does, and uh, we needed to shoot a few more before Thanksgiving one year. So the ranch manager said, man, he said, we got, we got to knock out some more of these does. So I called Captain Ron. I said, I said, Ron, you want to come down here and shoot some does? He said, sure. So boy, he took off, you know, and he came down to the ranch and I, I took him to this one stand and uh, I said, now, Ron, there's a lot of does here. I said, you know, we're trying to shoot barren does, you know, uh, bigger does. And I said, uh, they don't have fawns or anything like that. He said, okay. So, I put him in this stand. And I went to another stand, and uh, I had a big, big doe come out by herself. And I would line her up. I was fixing to drop the hammer on her, you know. And in fact, I had the safety off. I was fixing to go ahead and pop her. And about that time, my phone started buzzing. And it was Captain Ronnie. And, and on there, on the, he sent me a message. He said, how many deer does your game hauler hold <laughs> on the truck, you know? And I went, oh, my gosh. So I put my safety back on, and I, I texted him back. I said, how many do you have? He said, three. <laughs> he <laughs> shot three those. <laughs> oh, boy, he didn't fun. waste any time. Hang on. No. Let, let me knock out this commercial break. I'll come right back at you, buddy. Hang with All right. Me. All right. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 519 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we are back, my friend. All right, man. All right, we were talking <clears> about Ron shooting those three does real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. But uh, but anyway, we, we stacked them up like cordwood out there, you know. And uh, so anyway, but speaking of that, uh, George West, I mean, we're still booking a few hunts for uh, management hunters. So, um uh, uh, they, they're interested in doing a management hunt and give me a call. But, uh, we, uh, on those management hunts, we're going to, we're going to try to take out some eight pointers cause we're trying to get rid of these eight pointers before they start. Y'all got breeding. some big eight pointers too, man. I mean, we're we, not talking we about basket racks here. We're talking about good solid bucks, man. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Yeah. I, uh, I had a young man that, um, he was, uh, uh, working for this oil company came down and he, uh, uh, the, the guy that owned the oil company, he said, hey, he said, uh, take that take that boy. And he's never killed a deer. He's from North Louisiana and never killed a deer. I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> I mean, being from North man, Louisiana. From North Louisiana never killed a deer? Come on, man. Yeah. Where was yeah. he well, hiding? Well, he was in his late 20s, you know. Right. So he said, uh, take him to certain stands. So I said, okay. So I, he said, we got way too many eight-pointers at that stand. So I, I turned around and walk off. He said, wait a minute. He said, uh, let him shoot two of them. <laughs> we need to get rid of them. <laughs> I said, okay. So anyway, we weren't in the stand, uh, I, I guess, 30 minutes. And, uh, oh, this, this real big eight-pointer came out. And I said, uh, you want to shoot that deer? He said, I can shoot that deer? I said, yes, sir. That, that's a big eight. And that's a mature eight. And I said, you know, he's probably five five years older. older. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, he's big-bodied on him, chocolate horns, you know. And I said, uh, yeah, go ahead and pop him. Well, he shot him. And 
a deer ran in the brush and uh i said well let's go get him he's not gonna go far you know you you hit him good and uh he was in there about 10 yards so we drug him out the edge of sendera and i said let's leave him right here there'll be some more come out let's get back in the blind so we get back in the blind we're not in that blind 15 or 20 minutes here came another big eight pointer out same same spot you know, and I said, uh, you want to shoot that one? He said, I can kill two. I said, yeah. Yeah, I said, uh, this guy wants you to shoot him. Uh, we need to get rid of these eight-pointers. Well, he popped this other eight-pointer, which was bigger than the first one. Dang. And uh, he said, oh, my goodness. He said, I've never killed a deer in my life. And and here I've already <laughs> shot two big old eight-pointers. I said, well, you're going to mount them, aren't you? He said, oh, yeah. He said, how much does it cost to have one mounted? I said, don't ask. Just Just get it done. And uh, you'll have those two real good South Texas bucks hanging on your wall, and uh, and I said it'll uh, you'll have a lot of memories. <laughs> Boy, he was tickled to death. I'm telling you, man. He won him first hunt, two big eights. That's crazy. Oh, big time. Big That's time. my dream buck is to get a big monster eight, and it just uh, I had my well, chance. You got a monster. About you got the monster ago. six. Well, I'll, I want an eight like that with uh, G3s on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That would be that would be classic. That would make for an unbelievable eight-pointer. Man, I tell you. Well, we had a – I was hunting on this friend of mine's ranch there at Freer, and uh, he had a young man hunt with me that was 14 years old, but he's tall, big boy for 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they, they told me, they said, let him go ahead and shoot a trophy. He, he can shoot a trophy. I said, oh, okay. So, man, there was a buck came out on the right, the uh, the Sendera. And uh, I said, oh, man, I said, you want to shoot that deer? You can shoot him. He said, uh, no, I, I really don't feel good about it because I don't have a good rest from my right arm. I said, if you don't feel good about the shot, don't take it. Yeah. Just do, do not take it. So he said, okay, fine. So anyway, I got back to the ranch house, and I told his dad, I said, man, I take my hat off to your son because he used common sense. He didn't want to wound a deer. And uh, I said, it was a big buck, big one. Well, about three days later, we did the flyover uh, in the helicopter with the uh, biologist doing a count and uh, saw that buck. I saw that buck and took a picture of him from there. And uh, he's about 26 inches wide, uh, 10 or or 11 points, hit about a eight-inch drop time on his right side. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he was a beautiful deer. I've got a picture of him. I'll have to send it to you. But uh, I said, man, it, it took a lot of restraint for him not to shoot that deer. And uh, now the I've next day. I've been moving around in that blind. I said, here, stand up, Lynn. Let me <laughs> move over in this chair and see if I can get a better rest. <laughs> uh-huh. I guarantee you. Well, the next day he killed a nice deer. He killed a, a big 10 uh, 10, it was 10 or 11, I forget now, but the deer scored in the 170s, you know. That's a, that's a good one, man. Dream Oh, it was a good deer. Good deer. deer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But uh, but he'd killed a deer before. It wasn't his first time. But it was funny because his two sisters came on the trip, and each one of his sisters, younger sisters, killed a deer. Nowhere near as big as the one he killed. But mm-hmm. uh, when, when he shot that deer and we we were sitting there admiring the deer and everything, how big he was and counting his points. I said, 
I know what you're doing. He said, what? I said, you just had to kill a bigger one than your sister, didn't you? <laughs> he said, he smiled and he said, yeah, I did. So he was, he was tickled, you know, but it's getting to that time of the year when, and, uh, we want to do these management hunts and, and, uh, just take out, take out these eight pointers. Now, this is when they need to go. We yeah. don't want them breeding the does, you know, exactly. Get them before the rut. That's exactly it. And you know, that rut down in South Texas, it starts, heck, it starts in Thanksgiving, really. Sometimes depends on the weather, but, um, and it runs through, runs through December. But, uh, but these hunts that we need to fill now are going to be in November, late November. So, um, anybody's interested, you know, they can give me a call, but, um, we need to take them out now. No doubt about it. And, yes. you know, uh, same thing with the does. We need to take the, the, uh, barren does and all that. Uh, and the, goodness said, goodness knows there's a lot of does, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but we try to take the big, big does. I told you that one year we were doing that one. One of the guys killed a doe that, that um, on the hoof, we put put her up on a rack and put her on a, on a scale. And she weighed 190 pounds on the that hoof. That is a monster doe. That's crazy. That is. In Texas. That is. I mean, uh, and the biologist was there with us, and he checked her, and he said, well, she's never bred. And he said she obviously never put out a scent, and so the bucks never chased her. Right. So all she did is hang around the protein feeder and eat. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and Bad she and was sassy. huge. She looked like she looked like about a four year old buck. It's what she looked like. I mean, she was a monster doe. You know, and I mean, that's, were, that's just uh, everybody. You know, when they come down and hunt, and we were sitting around talking to them. Like, well, how do you know the maturity of that deer? I said, you'll know it when it walks out. I yeah. said, you know, you're watching all these younger bucks, and, and all of a sudden that one mature one walks out, and he's different as day oh. and night in the appearance of him versus him, body size and everything. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, no pencil neck on him, you know, and just. I have people ask me the same thing. They go, how do you know it's a mature? I said, you'll know. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. He'll and, just and stand then, Like out. you say. Oh yeah, and, and like you say, when that big buck walks out, you go, "Now that one's mature," and they'll say, "Well, how old is that deer?" I said, "Oh, he's probably five, five and a half years old, something like that." And I said, uh, "But look at the look at the body. His front legs look like they're shorter than the back legs." You know? Well, yeah, because exactly. he's just so he's so bucked up, you know. Yeah, he's and, got the sway uh, back, the, and, you know, the sway back, pot belly, belly and big shoulders in the front with the short looking legs and just uh kind of big looks old like neck. Us. Yeah, it looks like an <laughs> adult <laughs> male. <laughs> like like an old fishing guide. <laughs> like an old fishing guide, man. It's, yeah, uh, but you know uh, and, but no, you can tell and I tell them now there there's a difference. I look at that buck compared to that other one. I mean, big difference, you know. You get about a three year old deer out there and a three year old a lot of these three year olds look pretty big. You know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty awesome. And, uh, but you can tell they got that long nose on them and they don't have that old Roman nose. Yeah. They got that like old that pencil, thing. pencil face and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, you want that, uh, shorter looking Roman nose that turned down. That, oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 
And of course, they're a little smarter than the other ones too. You know, they've been through the through the mill, and uh, a lot of times they don't they don't really give you a good shot at them. You know, they're they're, they're smarter and they'll stay in the brush or whatever. But as soon as that rut starts, it's a whole different world. Yes, it is. You know, I, we were waiting you, on customers. You see deer you didn't think you had. Oh, absolutely. I mean, never seen them. And uh, we had customers coming in one time and, and, uh, this one of the stands, we had a, a bunch of eight pointers there, big eight pointers. And, uh, yeah, the, the manager, he, he said, why don't you go shoot one of those eights, man? We need to get rid of these eight pointers. I said, uh, okay. I said, uh, I'm gonna go over there and sit in the stand and kind of look around. And, and we had a norther coming in, the front was moving in and I'm sitting up in that stand and that, that front hit, and I mean, it was like you flipped a switch. I mean, I, from that stand, I could look down four different senderos. I mean, and, and long, long senderos. And I looked every direction. Every sendero had bucks chasing those. Isn't that something? Like it a, was amazing. Like a light switch. I, it was. And I, I called that manager. I said, what you know, fish, this. Yeah, that's right. And I called that manager and I said, look. You're not going to believe this. I'm looking down every Sendera, and there's bucks on every one of them chasing does. Oh. I mean, they were just going crazy, you know. So, um, man, I just, it gets in your blood, doesn't it? Yeah, it, <laughs> it does. It really does. I can't wait for hunting season this year. I really can. It's a uh, oh. change of pace, something different. We yeah. say that every year. But, you know, when you have these off years, bad weather and, and slow fishing and all that you just you just live for it i can't wait oh absolutely now we got dove season right now teal season starts next saturday morning and uh before you know it it'll be bow season and then rifle season man i tell you it's on us it's it's coming on us and you know i haven't seen any teal yet on the bay we got them buzzing uh, around like crazy up this way anybody that's got water oh yeah a lot of these guys well, have been flooding these fields up and snake raking them and brushing yeah. blinds and all that, and they're just buzzing like crazy early in the mornings and late in the evenings. They're all oh, over yeah. the place. Well, in the past, uh, I always hunted opening day of teal season on the bay mm-hmm. and always got my teal because people in the, on the prairie were putting pressure on them, started hunting them, and then they'd yeah, push them down. They'd, move, yeah. they'd, they'd push them down. <clears throat> And, They're just uh, looking for a place always, to lay up and rest during the day, and you know when it's not feeding that's time. Right. Oh, absolutely! Let me knock this break out now, Lynn. We'll come back and talk some more. We'll talk a little more deer. I like that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hang on, I'll be right back, buddy. All right. Well, you know, folks, Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse croakers, located right at the base of the Tech City Dike at two two seven Dike Road. If you're looking for quality live bait, whether it's live shrimp, finger mullet, croakers, Boyd's has got you covered. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. And there's no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. You can check them out firsthand at the store. They have all their bottles and regulators and diffusers on display. And if you need more info, call Jason at 281-701-8107. And if you're looking for quality seafood, Check out Boyd's also. They've got a special going on this weekend. So if you're thinking about doing some seafood for uh, Labor Day, hey, Boyd's has got you covered. They've got all their big shrimp on sale and 5- and 10-pound increment bags and uh, great deals, whether you want them headed 
are heads on. Great price. Check them out on the web at boydsonestop.com or like them on Facebook. Call them at 409-945-4001. And when you go by and see the good folks at Boyd's, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning, Labor Day weekend. Man, time has flown by this year. 537 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we are back. I had... Uh, All right. A few texts during the break about uh, that uh, eight-point coal hunt. Now, what does mm-hmm. that consist of? You get an eight-point, you know, a coal buck you get, and a, and you a get, doe. You get, an eight, you get a buck and two does. Oh, two does. Um, you get two does with it, yeah. Okay. And um, and then all the pigs you can shoot. Oh, boy. Take them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it consists of basically a three-day hunt. And, uh, That's lodging, lodging and included. Lodging, meals, and guides, and um, I mean it's hard to beat. And uh, anyway, they come in on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. What we'll do is we'll shoot them in on the range, make sure the rifles are sighted, right? And then they hunt um, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday if they have to. But uh, odds are you're not gonna have to, you know. Right. There's plenty of deer. And and this is a low fence ranch. This Free is, ranging, low fence, uh, fair chase yeah, hunt, yeah. buddy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, I, we were talking about judging those deer size wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I started doing, uh, especially from hunting young young hunters or whatever, I right. carry a little pamphlet in my pocket, and it it shows you the deer at different ages. You know, starting mm-hmm. at like one and a half, and then two and a half, and three and a half, and on up. And um, we're sitting in the blind, just kind of killing time. And I'll pull that pamphlet out and show them the difference between the young bucks and the and the big mature deer, how they look. You know? Right. And uh, and it the the young young people really appreciate that because they don't have a clue. You know, they mm-hmm. don't they don't know what a what a mature buck looks like compared to a young one. 
if he's got horns, they'll, they'll want to shoot him, you know? Right. I mean, when I was young, we had a family lease. I'll never forget this. And it was like, I think four families on this lease. It was up near Bryan College Station area. And, uh, it was a hundred dollars a family. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's what the lease cost us. And, uh, I never forget, uh, I had found, I had found an old deer stand up in a tree. Somebody had laid some boards across some limbs and, and put nails in the tree right. to climb up the tree. Well, and I'd found it at the corner of a fence line. And, uh, so we got ready to hunt that opening morning and, uh, Everybody's standing around picking blinds that they were going to hunt and all this. And finally, one of the, one of the older guys said, uh, well, where are you going to hunt, Lynn? I went, I'm going to hunt right here on this corner. And I pointed at this corner. And he said, well, there's no stand there. I said, oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. I, I found it. Well, anyway, I climbed up in that tree that opening morning. And uh, here came a doe. And this doe crawled underneath the fence and tried it off. And right behind her was a, was a six-point. And uh, he wasn't real big, but he was, you know, he was a, a decent six and not as big as yours. But uh, anyway, no, I'll never see one like that again. That's that's a whole different story there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I popped him and I think that was the biggest deer killed on the on the place all year. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a I was we were hunting down in Ensenal. I was guiding down there on the ranch and and uh, uh, I took out a young boy in the ranch manager said take this take this kid out and let him shoot a spike or something i said okay so we're sitting in the stand and man he all of a sudden this buck came running out of the brush chasing a doe and i said shoot that deer that's a call and we need to get him off the place shoot that deer so he shot him and it was a four point and uh, so we're on the way back to the ranch house we had walkie talkies and, and the um the ranch manager called me and he said, uh, well, did the boy get a deer? And I went, yep. And he shot an eight, uh, a four pointer and boy got real quiet. You know, uh, <laughs> the guy got uh, thinking, uh Oh, <laughs> and, uh, he said, uh, was it a mature four point? And I went, well, I'll let you be the judge. <laughs> we got the deer back to camp and their mouths fell open. This deer was an honest four point. He had, he had, uh, no brow tines. And uh, he was a big, mature buck. Nobody had seen him on the ranch. Big crab claw. Never... Oh, yeah, big. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, we scored him for the heck of it. And he scored 100 and some change. Oh, my gosh. For a four-pointer. I mean. That's, that's a good one. He was a, that's... Oh, he was, he was big. <laughs> big. He was big. big. But Man. he didn't have any, any tines broken off or anything. He yeah, was he was just, just a slick four, no brows. Just a big slick, nope, no brows. Wow. Big slick four. But the fascinating thing was that nobody had ever seen that deer. They had not seen it. And, uh, you know, you'd think they're in the rut. They're, they're out moving, man. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to see them. I had, uh, we were on our way back to the ranch house one day, and I looked over, and there was this 10-point walking along parallel to the road, and he had, he'd been fighting. His tongue was hanging out. Oh. He was trying to get his breath. He's walking along. He could care less about us, you know, being there. And uh, he had a big chunk of meat on his hindquarter hanging out. He'd been fighting so hard. and, and Oh, he got tore. gored real bad? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. But boy, his tongue was hanging out. He was a nice ten. He was a big, pretty big ten point. And uh I got back to the ranch house and I told a couple of guys about him where he was and they ended up taking him because he was a he was a trophy. You know, he was a he was a good deer. I mean he was in the one sixties probably, you know. The uh, low one sixties. But um but he was a good deer. You better know it. Yeah, it's like an old broke up eight point I shot a couple of years ago. He was a bully buck. That was the meanest deer. Blaine goes, Hey man, if you see that deer, if he comes out where you're hunting, he's been hanging around that stand, he said, Smoke him. Take him out yeah. and make sausage out of him. I mean he was he was busting up all the other bucks and he he had yeah. well on his right side his uh main beam over there. I mean everything was broken off of that and the other side he had two two tips broken off on, on G three and G two and mm-hmm. uh, just I mean, he was a mean deer. Yeah. Well you know we uh bully bucks. We we said we used to have this uh, one guy come down there, down to the ranch in George West every year, and he, uh, well, it was old Paul McElhaney of uh, Tabasco. Yeah. And uh, he'd come every year. Well, we had a Suburban with a high rack on it, and uh, one of the guys took him over this one field just full of cactus, loaded up with cactus. And so he parked on the edge of that field. Well, man, here came this big buck running out across that cactus patch chasing a doe. And uh, Paul shot him, and uh, that doe hit. I mean, that buck hit the ground, and out of the brush here came another buck running out there, and locked horns with that dead deer laying on the ground. Wow! And he started fighting that dead deer. <laughs> we still do. I mean, they do that. And uh, boy, that, that friend of mine climbed down out of the truck, and he's running out there, hollering, waving his arms, trying to run the buck off because he's afraid he's going to break that deer up. You know, it was a good, solid, solid yeah. big 10, I think it was. And he said he got about halfway to that deer, and he stopped me. and thought, well, how stupid is this? I didn't even bring a gun. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go I, out there gunless with a mad buck. <laughs> no, because he could attack you. you sure know? he could. But uh, he was lucky enough that the other buck turned around and ran off. You want to hear a story but, like that? It's pretty funny. Uh, there was a big, uh, big high eight real good tine length and, and real heavy that we kept seeing at this one stand at Blaine's southeast line. And, and I went over there to hunt it, and he didn't show, and it was, you know, it was getting late in the morning, and this cold buck walks out of a slick eight, no brow tines, just, you know, he needed yeah. to go. And I called Blaine, and I told him about it. He said, yeah, go ahead and take that deer out. Well, I, I needed somebody to shoot him. You can take him home for meat. And I shot that deer. And uh, Steve and I were hunting together, walking boss. He had dropped me off, and he went over to Northeast. And I called him and said, hey, come pick me up. I, it's time to go anyway. I got an old, you know, a coal laying on the ground. Well, I get out of the stand and go down there and get my backpack out. And I go ahead, and I'm squatted down tagging this deer. And this little button buck walks up to me. I mean, I could have petted the deer. He's sniffing this dead deer while I'm tagging it. Seriously, I mean, I'm going, this can't be happening. I said, I couldn't get my phone out of the bag, and I'm going, I need a picture of this. Nobody's going to believe it. Well, Steve come driving up, 
and uh, his Ford diesel making all kinds of noise, pulled right up to me, turned the truck off, and got out of the truck, and that deer stood there and looked at both of us and kept sniffing that dead buck. Mm-hmm. The only reason it became a true story because uh, I had a witness. <laughs> Nobody would have believed yeah. that. I mean, I could have grabbed this little button buck. I could have grabbed him around the neck. I mean, he's he's right on top of me. He's like a foot oh. from me. While I'm tagging um, this deer, now that's crazy. Yeah, well, I had a I had a hunter that I was trying to get him on a on a big big deer. That little did I know the deer had already been shot across the fence. But uh, but anyway, I took him over to this this one stand where this buck had been showing up, and it was along pretty close to a high fence on one side of the ranch there, and uh, so I, uh, I that big deer didn't show up the one that had already been shot and uh so i told him i said all right this this 10 right here coming up here is a nice deer and i said that that's not the one i wanted you to get but he's not showing up so why don't you go ahead and pop this one well he did and so i said all right uh i'm gonna go get the truck so i went and got the truck well i came back he's laying down alongside his dead deer and he's pointing and uh, toward where the feeder is and i looked around and here's this buck standing there with a tag in his ear. He had gotten out of that high fence. And uh, this deer had 17 points on one side. A freebie. <laughs> yep, he was a freaky. And uh, and that deer was just standing there eating corn while we loaded that, that other buck. Amazing. He, he, it was like a pet, you know. He could care less what we were doing. He was used to seeing so, humans. Oh yeah, and a canned hunt, he, one of those canned hunt deer. <laughs> yeah, well, he was obviously put on that inside that fence to breed, you know, and uh, and what happened was one of the gators came into that ranch. He left the gate open, and uh, several good deer got out of that place. Boy. So soon as, we, soon as we got back to the ranch house, I showed him pictures of that buck, and and uh, and when that buck hung around at that feeder for quite a while. And then he moved across the fence, our low fence, and got over on this other ranch. Well, we had already talked to the guy that owned that ranch, and we told him about that deer and said, don't shoot him, man. That's, that's a breeding stock there. Yeah, let's get his gene pool spread around here, man. Oh, yeah. And so they did. They they said, no, 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 we're not going to shoot him. And they didn't. And, uh, oh, he was he was a monster. Now, he had 17 points on one side. Oh. My and gosh. he didn't. He wasn't that big on the other side, but he was still a nice deer. Yeah, he's just probably having a bad year, you know. Probably. Or probably. he could have got hurt on that side during velvet or something. You never know. Yeah, it's usually the opposite side, you know. Right. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, he was a he was a freak. But and uh, I had pictures of him uh, on the trail camera at the feeder feed pen. Mm. I mean, good grief, this buck is beautiful, but. It was just like just like you. I mean, we're loading that deer up, and he could care less. He was just sitting, standing there eating corn, watching us, and he was probably thirty yards from us, you know. And uh, and this guy that killed that real big ten, he said, "Oh my goodness, look at this! This is nuts! This is crazy!" I said, "Well, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have shot him anyway because he's got that tag in his ear. He's a breeder." So yeah, I said, "But boy, it's something to see." And he went, "Oh my goodness." That's you know that's good too when you when you have a place and you're you're you know your you know your people 
you know, the other ranches around you where you can talk back and forth over something like that. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, man, so many good deer. It's like him and man, he was, he had this, uh, young buck that he watched for four years just growing up and it turned into a really nice 13 pointer on its fourth year. And I mean, it, it was definitely going to be something to shoot. I mean, it could have been a book deer in five and you know, at his five or six year old age. And mm -hmm. it jumped the neighbor's fence, went over next door and, uh, boom, they, they ground checked yeah. it and then brought it over there to show it to Steve. And he, he almost had a heart attack. Oh, I bet. <laughs> He goes, oh, man, we've been, we've been watching that deer for four years now, <laughs> mm. but well, there was a, yeah, there was a deer that I really wanted my customers to get. And this deer, I, I love unique racks. I, you know, I'm not yes. interested in big, tall tines. I just, I, I like them wide. And of course the wider they get, the shorter the times, you know, that's usually right. the case. But uh, anyway, there's one deer. It was kind of, he was going back and forth across the fence uh, to the neighboring ranchers. And, and the guy on the other side of the fence was a bow hunter, and he was trying to kill this deer, too. And we talked about him, you know. Well, uh, the ranch manager was sitting up in tripod. We had two tripods up by this big protein feeder. And uh, he was waiting on that big deer, the customer. And he said, he said a 10-point came out right beside the tripod. But he said that's the biggest ten he had ever seen on the ranch. Mm -hmm. now, buddy, that that had to be a big one, too, yeah. because this guy's hunted all his life, you know, and been on these ranches all his life. And he said that ten point was monster, and they passed him up, waiting on oh, that other man. deer, and uh, and didn't get him. But uh, I bird the hands worth two in the bush. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It never fails. But how many I times does that happen? You know, you pass up on a really good deer like that because you're hunting a specific deer. And, mm -hmm. man, you miss both opportunities. You don't see either one or don't get either oh. one. Oh, I know. The one oh, that got away, fail. like big trout. And, and, you know, some yep. And some of those guys, I'll tell them, you know, hey, bird in the hand, guys, bird in the hand. Well, I want to hunt. I'm going to hunt two more days. I said, don't, don't depend on that. Yeah, because, I mean, hey, the deer, movement can stop overnight. I mean, those deer can stop yeah. moving on you, and, man, then absolutely. Then you're looking back going, oh, my gosh, I wish I'd have taken that buck the first day. Nobody yeah. wants to shoot out, but, I mean, you know, they want to make a no. trip of it. But, hey, you can still shoot, shoot a big buck on the yeah. first day and then spend a couple of more days hunting doe or something or hogs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I had, uh, had one guy sitting in the stand with me that uh, – Real pretty eight point came out wide, heavy horned, and uh, I said, "You want to shoot that deer?" Well, I don't, I don't know. And the deer had turned and was just kind of slowly walking up the sendera, going away from us. And I said, "Man, you better if you want him, you better take him now because he's going to walk in that brush and be gone." Well, the buck finally just turned, just slowly walked into the brush, and, uh. and I just, I didn't say anything. I just sat there and kind of shook my head, you know. And uh, the next day. Another eight came out, a big eight, but nowhere near as good as that first one. And uh, I said, you, you need to shoot this deer here. That's a good one. Well, he said, you think so? I said, well, yeah. He's not as big as that other deer, but, but he's a good eight. Well, he shot him, and um, we went down to check him out. I picked that deer's head up, big old chocolate horn, eight-pointer, you know, about 130, 135 class. Yeah. And uh, I said, uh 
Boy, not a pretty deer, I said. Uh, Is that the best deer you've ever killed? He said, uh, no, it's the first deer I've ever shot. <laughs> so the deal was he didn't he didn't know what he was looking at. No, he didn't. So that and that happens. That happens. Yeah, yeah. And people, that's why I like to show them the difference between those big mature bucks and the young ones, you know, and just compare the size and the horns and the way they're built and everything. I mean, it, it makes a difference. And uh, and then once they see that one walk out that they want to take oh man you know we had one guy that shook so bad he shook the whole stand when he'd when he'd go to take the shot and this guy had some medical condition but he would shake real bad i can't even tell you how bad this guy shook and we had him on the rifle range out there and uh for the first time and i thought man this guy's shaking and he like he's had parkinson's you know mm-hmm. and um all of a sudden he He'd shake, 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 and fire, and you'd think, oh, he uh. probably missed the whole target, and it'd be a bullseye. And I'd go, we looked at each other, one of the other guys, and I said, how does he do that? <laughs> yeah, and shoot another one. Yeah, shoot another one. Same thing, boy. Shook real hard, and he'd fire. Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> and we just shook our heads, and we couldn't believe it. Well, the guy that took him out, when the guy was going to shoot the deer, he was he was sitting on the right side of him, and he said, when the guy got his gun out of the window and, and wanted to go ahead and take the deer, he said, I just leaned up against him and pinned him against the against the wall of the blind. To stop the <laughs> to shaking. To, to stop the shaking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. All right, Lynn. I got a roll, buddy. I just had another person text me, uh, give out your number about those uh, package hunts. All right. But, uh, uh, yeah, they can. They can. Uh, they can reach me at three six one nine three five six eight three three. All right, buddy, and that's uh, that'll that's in George West. That's an easy drive from yeah. Houston. I mean, nothing to yeah. it. I'm yeah, only halfway to where I hunt when I get to George West, so that's uh, that's yeah. a hop, skip, and a jump for me. All right, man. Yeah, this- well, Lynn. You have a good Sunday. Thanks for all the good info on deer hunting, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Have fun, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Lynn. Have a great one. See you, man. All right. That's Captain Lynn Smith from Port O'Connor. All right. It's time for our top of the hour break, national anthem and all that. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.